Worldwide parent coach and conscious educator, Sue DeCaro, is on a mission to revitalize the joy in parenting. Welcome to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids, a podcast designed to help parents all over the world create deeper connections with themselves and their children while overcoming life's daily parenting challenges. Listen in if you want to bring more laughter, love, and enjoyment to your home life. Welcome to Conscious Parents Thriving Kids, a place for all things parenting. I am your host, Sue DeCaro. Today, I'm so pleased to introduce my special guest, Scarlett Lewis. Scarlett founded the nonprofit Jesse Lewis Choose Love Movement after her son was murdered in the Sandy Hook Elementary School tragedy in December 2012. After his death, Scarlett became part of the solution to the issues that we're seeing in our society and that also caused the tragedy. She created the movement and became an advocate for social and emotional learning and character development that teaches children how to manage their emotions, feel connected, and have healthy relationships. Speaking across the U.S. and internationally to diverse audiences, Scarlett urges everyone to become part of the solution. Scarlett created the Choose Love for Schools program, a no-cost, comprehensive, lifespan, next-generation SEL and character development program that teaches children and adults how to thoughtfully respond with love in any situation, handle adversity, and have courageous conversations by using the Choose Love formula, which she will share with us today, I'm sure. Scarlett, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Sue. It's an honor. Well, tell us a little bit, you know, obviously we know tragedy has struck your family and I can't even imagine what that was like. How did you find the inspiration to move forward to be able to create this very important movement in the world? My son, actually, the son that I lost in the tragedy gave me the inspiration. I came home to my little farmhouse that I share with, I shared with my my two boys as a single mom. And I found a message that Jesse, six-year-old Jesse, had left on our kitchen chalkboard shortly before he died. He wrote three words, nurturing, healing, love. Uh, now those words were phonetically spelled because he was in first grade and just learning to write. But I knew instantly that the perpetrator the uh, young man who had actually been a former student of Sandy Hook Elementary School and whose mother had taught at this school, if he had been able to give and receive nurturing, healing love, the tragedy would never have happened. I knew that I was going to be spending the rest of my life spreading that message. And uh, that's exactly what I'm doing right here with you. Wow. How powerful. And what what an amazing young boy to leave those words on the chalkboard was this his nature to leave words like that around the house at you six know, at six, six. And we, we rarely use that chalkboard so it was phenomenal and stopped me in my tracks and and literally uh, the tragedy had already changed my life but i knew from that point going forward that I was going to be spending the rest of my life spreading this message and that I had to be part of the solution to the issues that are literally plaguing our children that then translate into homes and communities because they don't stop when we graduate. Right, right. So let's talk a little bit about the issues. And I think, you know, for all the listeners that we have, the parents listening, you're a big part of this 
as well because you're the models for children. Everyone in a child's life is a model for the children. So talk a little bit about what this looks like, what's some of the issues that you're hearing and seeing worldwide. Well, it's interesting, Sue, because going into the pandemic, so even before the pandemic, suicide, substance abuse, uh, bullying, mental illness, including anxiety and depression, loneliness, were at all-time highs. And then we had this uh, pandemic. And now all these issues are escalating even more. And it's not like we didn't know about these issues. We know about them. We track their progression upwards. We even have state mandated programming that we have to have in schools that discusses these issues. The problem I realized was that we focus on the issues <laughs> and what you focus on grows. And so we're trying to run around and use our limited resources to put out all of these fires and we end up chasing the problem as it escalates. And what we need to do is take some of those resources and use them to address the cause of the suffering that leads to those issues. And in doing so, we can reduce and prevent the problems before they occur. And, and that's why your movement is so powerful in, in bringing this uh, knowledge and information worldwide. So talk a little bit about this courage, gratitude, forgiveness, and compassion in action and how important this is for schools. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. We need to teach before we end up, you know, in where we already are. I mean, we need to continue to teach the young people in this world, as well as the adults in their lives, these messages and this way of operating and walking through our journey, our lives, so that we can be connected, be a big, great, big world of connection and compassion and love. Talk a little bit about those words, because I think they're so powerful. Yes, so so Jesse's message of nurturing, healing, love literally translates into a powerful formula for thoughtfully responding in every situation or circumstance with love. So we can't always choose what happens to us. We know that, especially now with the pandemic, but we can take our personal power back through our thoughtful response. This reduces anxiety, and uh, we know through decades of research that this leads to personal thriving and flir flourishing. Um, so the formula is derived from Jesse's message of nurturing, healing, love. So we start with uh, courage, and that that is actually modeled after Jesse's courage, uh, Jesse's brave actions during his final few moments saved nine of his classmates' lives, and. So we know that uh, courage is so important. We, we actually all have the capacity for that courage. Now, I hope that, that none of us have to be in that situation and utilize that extraordinary type of courage, but I'm talking about the everyday courage that we all have to practice. That's the courage to be kind, the courage to do the right thing, the courage to tell the truth, the courage to face our pain and suffering rather than resisting and avoiding or even numbing ourselves from it. And then nurturing means, nurturing from Jesse's message means loving kindness and gratitude. Gratitude is so vitally important. 
We have a, a Choose Love ambassador from Rwanda. He was an orphan genocide survivor. And uh, when he uh, speaks, uh, he, he actually was asked a question from a high school. They said, um, you know, usually I'm sure you hear questions about what you lack in Rwanda, but what do we lack here in America? And he said the first word that came to the top of his head was appreciation appreciation for all that we have. And we know the research behind gratitude, but gratitude uh, is, is what we call the great mind shifter because we have these thousands of thoughts that we think every day, the majority of which are negative and repetitive. That's the latest neuroscience. And we can only focus on one thought at a time. So we can use gratitude to shift our thinking from lower energy to gratefulness that, that leads to happiness and actually neuroscientifically strengthens us to consider forgiveness. Healing in Jesse's message literally translates into forgiveness and forgiveness has been the most powerful part of my healing journey. It was the way that I was able to take my personal power back and, uh, and, and turn this around to make the world a better place. And then uh, love is compassion in action. I think it's really important for us to understand compassion, that it has two components. There is the empathetic component when we are finding somebody in need or putting ourselves in somebody else's shoes. It's really important for healthy relationships, but it's also can be a painful process. Empathy lights up the same receptors in our brain as physical pain. Um, if you felt pain when you heard me talking about Jesse, you actually did. <laughs> Those the same receptors as physical pain are lighting up in your brain. But compassion, uh, and, and by the way, that is why there is something called empathy burnout and empathy fatigue, which we're seeing a lot of erroneously called compassion, burnout and fatigue. There's no such thing. Compassion has this action component. And that's where science tells us all of the, I say, nurturing, healing, love that we give out, we get back. So this formula leads anyone, kids, parents, educators, community members to thoughtfully responding to anything in their life by choosing love, kindness, caring, concern, compassion, civility, and thereby taking their personal power back. Choosing love feels good. Anger, hatred, resentment feels bad, and we all just want to feel good. Wow, I have so many questions from what you just shared. The first is, how were you able to, because I know the listeners are probably thinking too, how were you actually able to step into that world of forgiveness? How did you bring yourself to that, if you don't mind me asking? Couldn't have been easy. Absolutely. And well, I think it's a big actually, piece of what you're teaching, you know, too. And, and, you know, to be able to step there for you is huge from what you experienced. I, along with the world, watched the media coverage of Sandy Hook. And I saw that there was a lot of blame on the shooter and his mother who gave him access to the weapons and uh, it's understandable, he's the perpetrator, but I thought in my mind that if it was all his fault and his mother's fault, then it would never have happened before. But wait a minute, it had happened before many times. And now we know, of course, it's a regular occurrence in our country, one which we all fear so, because we know it can happen at, at any time in any place. 
So that can't be their fault. So then I thought, well, then whose fault is it? And I realized that I would have to take my part of the responsibility for what happened in my community in order to be part of the solution. And, uh, and so, you know, literally I felt compassion for the perpetrator and his mother. I too was a single mother. I too had sought special services from a school that did not provide them. And uh, I, I too did the best I could as a parent with the skills and tools that I had at the time. And I understood the struggle that, uh, that the perpetrator's mother had gone through. And I felt compassion for both of them. In fact, I said that they're not, not, not too tremendously popular, by the way. I said that there were 28 victims of the Sandy Hook tragedy. And I actually included the perpetrator and his mother. Um, because if, you know, I knew that that was not something that happened randomly. I knew that he didn't wake up that morning and decide to do that. I knew that it had been a, a lifetime of pain and suffering and disconnection, isolation, bullying, loneliness that led to that event. And that in turn truly gave me compassion for him, seeing Jesse's message of nurturing, healing love, knowing that he was unable to give and receive that gave me compassion for him. Um, and so I, I was, the, the forgiveness process was a little bit easier than you would have normally thought. I, I still, I do um, practice forgiveness on a daily basis. Um, and, and I do, you know, forgiveness, it's not, it's not always easy for sure. And it starts with the choice and then becomes a process, all of which I've learned through my experience. But I, I struggle more with forgiveness um, with those who say that the tragedy didn't happen. Um, because I know that um, if, if, if you do not have the resilience to face reality, um, then you are not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is, it's not just Sandy Hook, this continues to happen. And every single school shooting is 100% preventable. And we know how to do it. We just have to find the courage to not continue to do the same things over and over again, expecting a different result. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And looking for signs in our children that, you know, they might be suffering or they might be, you know, bullied or they might be lonely or they might be whatever to look for what could possibly happen. As you said, it's, you know, it's happening all over. It's happened all over. History, you know, is repeating itself. How, talk a little bit about, if you don't mind, how this program looks and it just, you know, give us a glimpse in a school setting. What does it look like to bring this to the children, to the administrators, to the teachers? Because it's a full service, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And as you said, it is important to look for the signs. Um, but I believe equally, if not more important, to address um, the cause uh, of to, mm -hmm. to, to fortify uh, our children with the skills, tools, and attitudes necessary to face difficulty in their life and to not only move through it, but to grow from it. 
And we can do that. These are essential life skills that we are not born with. We have to learn them. And by the way, it's pretty interesting because as a parent myself, having researched these essential life skills, I realized at 44 years old, I didn't have a lot of them <laughs> because I hadn't learned them. I mean, for too long, I think we assume that parents teach these skills and tools, but if you're a parent that doesn't have them, you can't give what you don't have. I was a, I'm a college graduate. I was an investment banker. I was a bond trader. I was a real estate agent. I did a little bit of everything as a single mother, but I will fully admit that after learning about social and emotional intelligence, I did not have these skills and tools. So I learned them helping create this program. And I have to tell you, my life is exponentially better. And uh, that is why our program is no cost because every child is entitled to access uh, uh, of these skills and tools because we know through decades of research they not only help their academic performance their attendance and graduation rates but they reduce bullying they reduce mental health issues they they increase relationships and connections and these skills and tools last throughout a lifetime we know that the, the these uh, the research has followed these young kids through adulthood, and the adults have less mental health issues, uh, less uh, less incarceration, less substance abuse, even less divorce rates, and so uh, it's it's um, just so vitally important. I I couldn't agree with you more. And you know, one of the things as you began talking um, just a minute ago that that came to my mind, and it's a very simple way to look at it, is we have preventative dentistry right? We think our teeth are so important that we have to go to, you know, get them cleaned all the time for preventative. But our being, our mental health, our, um, you know, social and emotional well-being, our ability to communicate, connect, love, care, show compassion, gratitude, all the things you speak about are not something that we go get, check in, learn on a regular basis unless we have programs that are brought to us. And I I work with parents all over the world to you know, bring this as well as many other things to life. And as you said, many adults have not been taught how to connect with their own social and emotional well-being, their, their ability to be grateful, resilience. Um, you know, I had somebody I was working with just recently who said, you know, I hide my feelings. No, no, <laughs> that's not a good practice. And we don't want to model that for our children. We don't want to hide the feelings because then the children are hiding the feelings. And so, you know, bringing, bringing this, I, I mean, I, I, I wish I could be part of your organization as well as do what I'm doing if there were only more hours in the world um, or in my day. <laughs> you can be a choose love advocate. I Believe me, I am. I'm on board already. Um, but I, I think that, you know, this is so, this is so important in every way, shape and form. And it is missing from a lot of adults um, only because, you know, what our parents didn't know or teachers didn't know back then, they, they didn't teach. And what we know now we need to share with, you know, the children and the adults in the children's life to bring a change, to bring a shift and to raise healthy, well-adjusted human beings, right? 
I love your example of dentistry. Do you mind if I use that soon? No, no, it just came to my mind as you were talking, like we go to the dentist for a cleaning, like why don't we take this way more seriously? It's like, so true. And if you wait until you have a cavity that eats away at the bone and there can be so many detrimental effects to your health. And plus it's very painful. Um, and you asked me before what it looks like in a school. Um, it, it looks like a, a culture shift, really. Um, it looks like a language. It looks like a way of being. It's, it's you know, to, unfortunately, a lot of times seen as something additional that you bring to a school and uh, to an already overwhelmed staff that, uh, you know, especially now through the pandemic is dealing with distance learning and, and a, a lot of other issues. But in actuality, it is a, a really a, a, a lifestyle. <laughs> it's, uh, it's something that you infuse into everything that you do all day long. The, the actual lessons don't take a lot of time, but you what you take from those lessons and then practice, you can put into every part of your life. We also have a home program, so parents can download a corresponding home program, learn the same languaging, which is really simple, it's these four words uh, in the formula for choosing love, and then they can help support the kids and the educators, and you can all be in on this together. We we even have a community program and we have community members that uh, small businesses, pediatricians, police departments, uh, foster care systems, prison systems, um, uh, governmental agencies that are choosing love. And so supporting and having a consistent message of choosing love. I mean, right now, Sue, is such an important time because we're all out of our comfort zone. But what that means is that we're in our growth zone and we can create right now the world that we want to live in. And I think too often we sit back and, and we wait, like I did, by the way, before my son's murder, which I never thought in a million years could happen in this small, quiet town in New England. Uh, and and wait for our politicians and our leaders to make change. But I can tell you one thing, if they could have, they would have. Nobody wants to see anyone suffer. And, and they have families, they go through the same issues that we do. It is going to take us, us, your listeners, taking responsibility for what's going on in our world and really rising to the occasion to take responsibility and be part of the solution. And, and there is a solution, that's the thing. Uh, we can address the cause and we can create the world that we wanna live in. Um, but we just, we do need to, it does require action and it requires courage to do that as well. Doing things a little bit differently, addressing the cause. Absolutely. So talk about how the listeners can can engage with you, learn more about you. Where can people find you? So, you know, I'm sure everyone listening now wants to do something to hop on board and we want to support you with that. So can you talk a little bit about that, Scarlett? Where can they find you? How can they be part of this mission? How can they bring it to their school, to their home, to their loved ones? Uh, thank you so much, Sue, because it's it's all of your listeners. That is the, the heartbeat of the Choose Love movement. 
Um, you can go to the website, chooselovemovement.org. First of all, if you want, you can check out our ambassadors. We have some ambassadors in, I think, maybe 45 states right now. Our goal by the end of the year is to get two ambassadors in every single state. Now, these are most likely educators that are already teaching Choose Love and probably have for years. And they are ready to help bring on other schools, other districts, answer any questions. We have letters that are already written, emails that you can send with information to your school. If you have questions, there's a contact button. We are here, we're small but mighty, and we are waiting to, to uh, help you, to love and support you in any way. I understand the, uh, the feeling probably that your listeners have. I wish that I had known about this uh, when my boys were in school. And uh, I just simply didn't. Uh, I, I kind of assumed, honestly, that that everyone was doing what needed to be done and and what was in the best interest of my boys. And and usually that's the case, but not always. Um, social emotional learning needs to be in front of every single child. And uh, and and you know we created this program. It's no cost for schools, homes, and communities, because I know that this would have saved my son's life. And I know that it can reduce and prevent so much of the suffering that we are experiencing in our society. And uh, my son was actually, ironically, priced out of the market for this uh, in Sandy Hook. And so I, I that is why I am insistent that it be no cost, because no child should be priced out of the market with what we know through decades of research is something that is in their best interest and, and will help them throughout life. I mean, universities look for these skills and tools. Uh, jobs are looking for emotional intelligence over IQ now because there's so much research behind that. We know that you use these skills and tools in relationships and with your own families and pass them down to generations because if you have them, you can teach them. So, um, you know, that's that's the world that we want to create, a world in which people thoughtfully respond with love. I love it. And so all of the listeners, please take action because you're part of this change. You're part of changing the world. You have the power to step in and reach out to Scarlett and her team to, to help support the mission and bring it to your school, your children, your communities, and worldwide. Scarlett, thank you so much for joining me and for sharing your story so beautifully and authentically and sharing your heart with us. I'm, I'm sure it can't be easy. Thank you so much, Sue. And to all our listeners, thank you for joining us. And remember, every moment is a new moment for Conscious Connections. Thanks for listening to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.